Blog Talk Radio. on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by Health Innovation Media, monitoring and informing the sustainable healthcare economy. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of the show. And joining me in the virtual studio is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder here at Pop Health Week. Hey, Fred. Hey, Greg. How you doing? And where are you today? I know you've been traveling a bunch the last couple of weeks. Uh, Sunny San Diego. How about you? I'm in Jacksonville. Not so sunny today, but it's still nice. A little light rain. Here we go. Well, so for those of you not familiar with my colleague, my esteemed colleague, Fred Goldstein, he's a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville-based Florida consulting firm and immediate past chair and current board member of the Population Health Alliance, also known as PHA. Fred's experience spans hospital and health system administration, HMO general management, and is the, he is the founder of a disease management company. My background includes thought leadership and consulting support for hospitals, health systems, capitated medical groups, IPAs, PHOs, and MSOs. I publish and principally author ACOWatch.com, founded Health Innovation Media, and I'm known on Twitter as Two Health Guru. Today, we continue coverage of issues in the emerging population health theater, including evidence-based best practices with key thought leaders, innovators, academicians, and best-in-breed vendors. And our special guest is Chris, uh, Carissa Price, PhD, the Chief Marketing Officer at Care Innovations and Intel GE Joint Venture. Care Innovations describes itself as a trusted advisor in the rapidly evolving landscape of consumerism and healthcare. As pioneers in collecting, aggregating, and analyzing data, Care Innovations provides informed and actionable insights into connecting providers, payers, caregivers, and consumers and bringing the care continuum to the home. Krista Price Rico, PhD, joined Care Innovations as a Chief Marketing Officer in 2014. She is a corporate entrepreneur and high-energy, award-winning professional with a proven record of creating and executing profitable growth strategies for organizations ranging from ground-level startups to Fortune 100 corporations. Dr. Price is passionate about helping to reduce healthcare costs while providing better care and believes that technology combined with consistent high-quality home care services, holds the key to some of our most pressing problems. Carissa co-founded and served as CEO of the first national certified network of home care agencies and service providers to help consumers age in place. The Trusted Hands Network generates calls from families that are then analyzed through a proprietary software system and matched to certified agency and provider members based on the patient's needs. While building trusted hands, Carissa created and executed campaigns on national television and outlined that generated significant consumer response and helped thousands of families find 
high-quality care at home. Krista and her team built a network of over 500 certified home care agencies and service providers nationwide over three years and worked with some of the largest home health providers in the nation. So with that abbreviated intro to our guest, Fred Oprah, to you, help us get to know this pioneer in the space. Thank you so much, Greg. And Carissa, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really a pleasure to have you on the show. We saw you just a few weeks ago at the Population Health Alliance Forum. And uh, today we're going to really talk about, I guess, Chris, the uh, Validation Institute, which was formed by this joint venture of, of uh, Intel and GE that formed Care Innovations and then decided to form the Validation Institute. So could you provide us some background on how the Validation Institute started? Sure, Fred. Uh, the Validation Institute uh, uh, Care Innovations is really the brainchild of our CEO, Sean Slavinsky. And Sean has had a very long and illustrious career in the health and wellness space. And when he came in as um, the CEO, new CEO of Care Innovations, he thought he saw a similar trend to what he'd experienced in the health and wellness space, which was a lot of startups, digital health startups and, um, and the like, making claims about outcomes, making claims about being able to lower readmissions to hospitals or lower H1C levels for diabetics, a variety of different kinds of outcomes claims that in some cases were, were not substantiated by the data. And in order to head off future problems, as he had seen in the health and wellness space, where there was a lot of activity and then after a couple of years, um, CFOs and, and, and people making those buying decisions started to notice, well, where is my ROI? And they promised me the moon and the stars, but I'm not really seeing it in the wellness space. And that really was the heart of why we decided to, f to form the Validation Institute. We have an excellent board of advisors um, who are really um, just stellar in the field of population health and population health econometrics to understand what is the criteria that a buyer should and could be using to make these important buying decisions and really to support the industry's growth into the future because there's many, many companies um, like ourselves who have invested the time and the money in doing their studies correctly and being able to support their outcomes claims with solid, with solid research design. And so it's really created a club that those kinds of companies could join so that buyers could make very solid decisions about um, their digital health and population health um, needs. Yeah, and for full disclosure, I am a member of the advisory board of the Validation Institute, and uh, as Chris explained, uh, me excluded, the board really is quite a great group of individuals <laughs> with a lot of excellent background, and uh, the chair of that board is actually David Nash, correct? That is correct. Uh, David Nash of uh, Jefferson School of Population Health is our chair of our board, and I would put you, Fred, in that illustrious board of advisors. You've been a great board member, and I think it really is, you know, the board is about helping to guide the institute to make sure that we remain um, that objective standard bearer of what is best in breed in terms of, of measuring outcomes. So we're happy to have you as a part of our board, as well as David and um, Dee Eddington of Eddington & Associates, and Matt Holt of Health 2.0, and Tricia Parks of Parks and Associates, and Ian Duncan from UC Santa Barbara. It's really a great group of people who've really dedicated their lives quite passionately to moving population health forward. Yeah, I, I really enjoy working with the group and, and you as well. One of the things you said earlier was you, you mentioned this issue of startups and validating what they have, but you also pointed to the fact that much of what's been published out in particular maybe the wellness space, but also perhaps in a broader population health space, or at least what people have claimed on their websites, et cetera, may not actually be valid. 
And so it's a problem the industry has. Um, and I guess Sean said, hey, we really want to address this and, and come up with some valid way to look at organizations and what they say they're doing. Um, what do you actually do as part of the validation? How does that process work? It's a great uh, question, Fred, and we get that all the time, right? Because people intuitively, I think, understand what we're talking about, but how does it work, right? So most importantly, the major things that we're evaluating at the Validation Institute are making sure that the outcome that someone is claiming directly ties to the intervention being utilized. So I know, believe it or not, people actually make outcomes claims that do not link directly back to intervention about what your claim is made. So it, it sounds sort of intuitive, but believe it or not, people aren't uh, doing that today. Number two, we make sure that all the data sources that are being used are coming from credible and reliable sources. Um, so if you're doing a study design, you claim I reduced hospital readmissions by 30%. You can't use data that isn't directly relevant to the hospital at hand or leave out or exclude a variety of data sources that might color your story into a different one. Um, so just you know, sound research here. And then we look at the measurements to make sure they're valid and that the arithmetic is accurate. So how are people measuring the variables in their claim? And is that an appropriate industry um, way of measuring that? Is there a better way to measure it? And does the math add up, essentially? And, you know, in getting involved with this a year ago, I had to dust off a lot of my statistics <laughs> classes from graduate school. Um, who knew that that would come in handy someday? Um, but it really is, at the end of the day, coming back to good research design, um, good statistical analysis, um, and tying those dots together. And I will say that we look at this as a consultative process. So our um, validators, it's not a simple black, white, yes, no. The process really is a coaching one to the organizations that come to us for this, for this validation to say, here's how you could make your outcome claim even stronger if you use these data sources, if you use this measurement tool. Um, and we do do some study design consultation up front for those who are, haven't quite gotten down the path yet of um, having an outcome claim to help them actually head off problems in the future to say, okay, well, if you're going to try to make this outcome claim, here's how you need to go about measuring it. And in the, in the process, who actually does the reviews? Um, great question as well. So in order to remain objective, we have both the advisory board who is essentially um, advising us on what is the appropriate criteria to use and the methodology to use in the validation process. And then we have third-party objective validators who um, we hire as independent contractors who take these outcomes claims and do that validation. So these are leading um, econometrics folks, um, population health folks who have um, great skill uh, in doing this kind of work and have proven that skill outside of the Validation Institute and then bring that skill to our process. Yeah, I think this is really a great process for, for companies to consider going through who perhaps don't have the expertise to write a publishable paper. Maybe they don't have the, that type of researcher in their organization but yep. they're looking to um, get validation for the work they do. Is that sort of the, the group that potentially could use the Validation Institute? Certainly. Um, we have we have today, after just a little over a year of, of being um, out there in, in the space, 
we have over 25 organizations that have come for validation. And the very first one, for example, that we had is a competitor of ours in the smart sensing space um, called HealthSense. And we love the fact that they wanted to work with us because we really wanted to make a statement that this isn't about promoting care innovations in our, in our core solutions. This really is about supporting the industry. So uh, we work with established companies who already have well-documented outcomes claims, and we act as a good housekeeping seal of approval for them um, and help you know, float, float everyone's boats higher. We work with startups who might um, not have very large organizations and the resources to do this. Um, our, our session at Health 2.0 this year, we had a panel that had a couple of our validated organizations and one of our validators talking about the process. And it was standing room only um, because I think that people know now, especially in the digital health startup space, when they're going in trying to pitch to hospital systems or payers, they're being asked very concrete um, questions by these potential partners of well, where's your outcomes measures and how did you do that and what populations did you use? So they're getting, I think, the message from those interactions that, wow, I need to up my game in terms of how I approach this marketplace because there is an expectation of rigor in terms of, of their study design. And we really yes. are happy to work with them. I think, as you point out, employers are getting smarter about this and beginning to recognize that, wait a second, you've been telling me all the time you've been generating these savings or had these reductions in utilization, and I'm just not seeing it in my in my premiums as year over year. And uh, they're beginning to say, how do I really look objectively at companies? And And this is clearly a way to measure. I know this morning I was actually at a meeting of the Jacksonville Association of Health Underwriters and they've got a conference coming up I'll be presenting at in January. And the, the presentation is going to be about wellness programs and what it really takes to do it and how you should be measuring it and why you should be looking for companies that have, have perhaps gone through something like the Validation Institute's um, services. Because even the company that I talked to this morning in the wellness space, they gave me some numbers. And it was pretty clear that, yeah, the statistics make some sense, but they probably weren't valid. They probably didn't relate directly to the program. So you also do validation of companies, but you provide like a certification for individuals. And what is that? Yeah, the certification for individuals um, is something that was in response to what we were getting from people to say, well, how do I make sure that I know how to look at these um, these contracts and these studies and these outcomes or my own outcomes within the HR department of some of these large self-insured employers. How do I, you know, increase my skill set to be able to make better buying decisions or to work for my organization to be able to make better outcomes claims? So the certification is a, a education process, if you will, for individuals so that they can learn the same methodologies and the same criteria and how to evaluate um, study design or how to create better study design um, for themselves and their organizations. So we have been working uh, with something just very MVP kind of model, um, but we are partnering and um, top secret here, although this is now going to be on your podcast, we will be making an announcement next March about a partnership with Jefferson School of Population Health around our certification program. So we're excited to to take that to the next level with them and to potentially offer course credits for people who are seeking them um, through that partnership. So it's a great opportunity for people in a in an easy, you know, do it at home online kind of model to increase their skill set in terms of being able to evaluate outcomes claims. 
Well, that's fantastic news, and thanks so much for putting that out on our show here. We're excited to be the leak for that information, and, <laughs> and uh, looking forward to being at the colloquium coming up this uh, spring as well. And uh, I've got to do a, a short presentation there, so it'll be a very nice event to meet a lot meet a lot of people, and obviously. You can make the announcement there. And I remember last year, didn't you have a training session that was actually conducted there? Uh, we actually had our in-person board meeting, which we'll be doing again um, next year mm-hmm. at the colloquium. We'll be having a meeting of our advisory board in person there. And uh, we will also be doing a panel again with a couple of our validated organizations talking about what they do and why validation was important for them and how it's, it's served their, their interests over the in, ensuing time. So it should be a, it's shaping up to be an exciting show. Yeah, that sounds great. And shouldn't, as companies, I know, only event at the PHA Forum, and it was really interesting because you had two different examples of companies there, one that was in essence a fairly new startup in a sense, and one that had been around for a while, both at different phases of their development, but both seeing value in in doing this. And I know that having seen the companies that get validated, it really is maybe like a good housekeeping seal. Would, would, would you consider something like that in the in the space? Absolutely. That is um, the concept behind the Validation Institute. Just like a good housekeeping seal works for consumers, right? So consumers who are looking to buy soup could look for that and say, oh, look, this one has been approved by them. You have to build, I think, from our perspective, both sides of the equation. So you have to have the methodology that can be trusted by people who are making buying decisions, and then you have to tell people that you exist, right? You have to be able to promote those organizations who are members and validated organizations, how do you get the word out that these are people that you should be looking at? If you're looking for a new wellness vendor or you're looking for a new disease management program or you're looking for um, a new uh, broker to work with, how do you, what is it you look for to make those decisions? And it's, you know, it's a very competitive world out there. So we see ourselves as serving as that good housekeeping seal of approval and that part of the offer and the value that we provide to our members is to go out and publicize as widely as possible their excellence in study design, their excellence in outcomes claims, and to help the world know that this is somebody that they should be doing business with if this is something in the space um, that they're looking for. And because as you know, Fred, I mean, you, you've been in the space a very long time, and, and Greg, I'm sure you know as, as well that there's a lot of, well-intentioned um, and good solid programs that just don't fully understand the intricacies of research design. And so they're not purposely trying to mislead people, I'd like to believe, um, but they just haven't gotten the expertise to make sure it's a solid result. You know, one of the things that, you know, again, I, I mentioned before I had to dust off my statistics knowledge from graduate school, is that we see a lot is using an invalid control group is a very common mistake. People think that they're being scientific. Oh, I've got a treatment group and I've got a control group. You know, what's not to like? But if the control group isn't properly designed and you haven't thought through that, you could invest six months, 12 months, 24 months in a very solid study, you think, only to find out at the end when someone starts asking you questions of, well, who was in the control group? How did they get into the control group? Who was in the treatment group? And then it becomes unfortunate that you don't have then valid outcomes claims because your whole study design was flawed from the beginning. So now you've got me a little nervous. I'm a startup out here, and I suddenly <laughs> heard the word control group. 
And, um, you know, I say, boy, there's just no way I can think that through. Uh, my, my company is, you know, we're, we're going to roll this baby out and we know this thing works and we're going to put out whatever we have based on how we have it. You mentioned that you help companies kind of work through this. So do you actually provide consultation as they look to set up their design in advance? We do indeed, Fred. So one of the things that became apparent um, as we started to work with our advisory board on this was the opportunity to help startups, um, especially in the early stages, so that they didn't waste their investors' precious money and their own um, executives and teams' precious time. So we do offer a free consultation for everybody who comes to us, regardless of the size, startup, Fortune 100, free consultation, to talk about what is it you want to accomplish, what is the end objective here. And then depending where they are in their life cycle, so if they are an early stage uh, startup, we will actually, we have a startup package that we launched at Health 2.0 to say, look, we'll give you a package that says upfront consultation about how to do it. We're not going to do the study for them. That's, that's their job, and there are plenty of consultants out there who can help them do that. But at the end, then we'll come back and we'll validate your outcomes. But by getting that um, consultation up front, it helps head off problems with control groups and treatment groups and how do you think about that and selection bias. Things that you know a very smart entrepreneur team might know the words and know something about it, but they don't have that level of expertise that, for example, uh, Linda Riddle, who's one of our validators, is really good and she's very experienced at working at startups as well as you know government level of how do you design these studies to make sure. How do you get creative in terms of the data sources? It doesn't have to be a huge end study to be able to make a solid claim. There are ways to efficiently and effectively get the measurements you need to be able to go to market and that's really what we see ourselves there for. How do we help those startups get to where they want to go as efficiently and effectively as possible while still supporting true scientific research methods that need to be applied here? And I understand also that you know some companies may just be launching products, so they don't necessarily have the data yet, but I believe they can validate their methodology that they're going to use in advance for those contracts and the wording they use in their contracts as well? That's correct, Fred. And, you know, when I first started in the space um, about a year ago, I couldn't figure out why companies would want that until I understood, well, yes, this is a transaction where, say, um, uh, an employer or a, a payer plan is buying a service from somebody based on their outcome claim, and that's getting codified in a contract. So, Part of what we do is to come in and look at the language of it to say, okay, have you defined these variables well enough so that there won't be any issues when it comes time to measure and see if you've effectively delivered, especially in risk sharing arrangements? Have you created the right definitions for these metrics that there won't be bad blood in the future when it comes time to try to measure them and talk about results? And so that has been something that we are, are involved with for our clients as well that's proven quite effective. Just that sort of extra set of eyeballs to help you think through, oh, well, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, where would I get the claims data if I am you know, a physician group? Where would I get that? So this can be used by um, really anyone in the population health space, whether you're a vendor, you may be a provider wanting to document some of your results, or you may be a health plan. Is it really, it's, it's that broad. It's that broad. And if you go to our website,
website, um, you will see a list of all of our validated um, organizations. And you can see just how broad it is. You can also see um, what they got the validation for. Um, you won't see, but we do provide to all of our validated organizations also um, a feedback, a, a report that says suggestions of this is great and it is valid, and in the future you should be looking at this, or this is you know, where you need to go to, to take this to the next level. So it really is, it is a good uh, housekeeping seal of approval at the end of the day. Um, it's extremely valuable in that regard to our clients, but there is also a very consultative approach about the whole thing that helps educate them um, as they go forward with their companies, because it isn't, you know, it, most of these organizations aren't going to make just one outcome claim over the course of their lifetime as a business. So it's really helping to um, help them prepare for whatever the future claims are they want to make as well. That's really fantastic, and I know the industry has been uh, in a bit of turmoil over the last couple of years over whether or not many of these or any of these programs work. And obviously, as you know, I believe some of them are good and and do great work, and some of them struggle a bit, and and others maybe are kind of in the middle. Um, so it's nice to know. You know we've talked about in the industry for years. You know, there there is NCQA out there and there's URAC out there, but they're not really validating your outcomes. You know, they're looking at your processes, new policies and procedures, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's it's nice to finally have an organization in the space that uh, people can turn to uh, both those that are making claims and those who want to understand who are the vendors I should purchase from. What, what, what other types of things do you see coming out of the validation Institute in the future? Are there different methodologies they might be looking at or, or um, other areas they might go ahead and validate? Well, I think it's, it's an always um, ever present possibility, and that's what we have our advisory board for, is to help us understand what are the um, the key issues in population health as it's evolving that we could or should be addressing. Um, what are things that we can address as an organization versus the larger sort of theoretical debates of, you know, we're not ever going to be able to tackle some of the measurement um, issues that have um, been present in the population health space for a very long time. Um, but we do offer at least a solid foundation and rallying point, we hope, for people to say these are standard and agreed upon criteria that can be applied, and let's, let's make sure that they are being applied consistently and as effectively as possible. So I think 2016 for the Validation Institute will really be about building the community and getting the word out to as many as possible. Um, you know, since being involved in this, and I saw it at the Population Health Forum in Washington, D.C., with you recently, of there are a lot of really solid organizations out there making effective differences in people's lives and people's health. And they're doing that for employers, they're doing that for payers, they're doing that for their communities. And shining a light on them and gathering all of us into that community, I think, will help move the needle towards all of the very big healthcare goals we have as a, as a country and as a, as a world of how do you produce better health outcomes, better quality care at lower costs, and how do you focus the dollars that we are spending on really effective programs and know what one of those looks like. Um, you know, we face this day in, day out on the core business side at Care Innovations, um, being in the remote patient management space of, you know, we do make outcomes claims, which go through validation, by the way, of, you know, we are able to reduce hospitalizations or we're able to reduce H1C levels because that's what our clients are looking for. That's why they partner with us. But we still face, as do 
others in the, our industry space of you know skepticism from CMS of well does it really work and how do I measure it? So we know and understand that buyer's perspective because we face it on the vendor side ourselves in our core business, and that's really where we see the opportunity for the Validation Institute, both in 2016 and 2017, is being that organizer for these top-notch companies who are doing it right, to be able to collectively come together and say to CMS or say to whomever, yes, there are programs out there that work. If your goal is to reduce hospitalizations, unnecessary hospitalizations, here's five different programs that have been validated and could meet your needs. If your goal is to help diabetics reduce their H1C levels, here's 20 different programs that have proven results that you can trust. You have your pick. Versus right now, today, right, each person has to make their own sifting through all of the different pitches that they're getting and try to figure out what's a good one and not a good one. So we really hope that Validation Institute can serve everybody that way. It really is a, a needed uh function in the industry to have something like this and so glad it was set up Carissa and obviously extremely pleased to be involved with it so thank you very much for being on the show today uh, thank you for having me pleasure talking with you Fred I hear the music so I guess we're out of time <laughs> <laughs> and that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast I want to thank our special guest Carissa Price for her time and insights today do follow Care Innovations on Twitter via at Care Innovations and check them out on the web as well at www.careinnovations.com. And as far as the Validation Institute, do check them out as well. Simple, www.validationinstitute.com. So, Carissa, maybe we'll have you back. We get do a little deeper dive into what Care Innovations is up to. This time we focused on the Validation Institute. So until we meet again, for Fred Goldstein, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. Bye.